there. Do you love kindling conversation? Make your voice heard and vote for it at the Australian Podcast Awards. Head to kindling.com.au slash vote. But do it soon, because voting closes April 1st. I used to sit in the preschool in tears. People say to me all the time, you're a parenting expert because you've got six kids. And I'm like, well, no, I know plenty of people with lots of kids and they're not parenting experts at all. (laughs) doesn't matter which school they go to as long as they're being well supported at home because I will not be camping out to get them into the out of area or the fancy private schools. From the news desk to the nursery. Mum! This is The Parent Panel with Siobhan Hunt. Sometimes I have to call time out with my family and tell them to stop talking to me all at the same time. You know what I mean. Sometimes you just need a moment. And that is the parent panel. It's our opportunity to give our thoughts and opinions without interruption, unless, of course, our guests interrupt each other. Our topics today are when public heroes fall from grace and the impact it has on our kids, buses, trains and priority seats, when commuters refuse to get up for those less abled, tips on juggling work and family life, and how to manage the chocolate deluge heading our way on Sunday, or perhaps it's already landed. Joining me this week are parents and musicians, Angie Hu, you may know her from her album Little Folk, and Benny Time, his latest album is called Beyond the Little Star. Angie, Benny, welcome. Thank you. Hi. I I realise when I say parents and musicians, it sounds like you are parents and musicians together. Mm. But you're not. Yeah, you shit, have separate no. families. <laughs> you are not a couple. <laughs> Angie, do you want to tell us about your kids? Uh, I have two of them, uh, a girl six and a boy three. And What are they like? They A handful. Uh, <laughs> they're a lot of fun. They're hilarious. Uh, we have our moments, as all <laughs> families do, I'm sure. But Clementine's just a small me, really. So same sense of humor, which is kind of fun. And Dash is the biggest extrovert. Oh, fabulous! In the family. I think it's because you named him Dash. Yeah. I think that was like a, a fairy so blessing. Yeah. You will be Dash, the extrovert. And Dash, you shall. <laughs> Benny, what about your kids? Um, I have two children. Frankie, who's also six, and she is also a mini me. <laughs> And I too am a mini me, so that's sort of, <laughs> <laughs> that was bound to happen. And then the photo negative is my monstrous son, who's two. <laughs> he, like seriously, we what we did the other day. She put on a pair of pajamas, a onesie that were just like like barely, barely, just just fraction too small. And we went okay, probably you know maybe maybe we're done with those, and took them off her and just like motioned a bit to the left and went. Oh, they fit him and put them straight on him. And there's four years difference. Oh, so by monstrous, you mean he's, he's big. massive. I yeah. thought you were just being mean. No, no, big. He's beautiful. He's a beautiful boy. But he's, that's not like you, Benny. Uh, he, <laughs> not on air. Could you himself? I'll tell you he's like. Uh, yes, but he's, no, he is like monstrous, massive. Massive. Big, big, big boy. boy. All so right. Sunday's going to be a hard day filling him up, I think, with chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, in just a moment, when our kids' heroes fall from grace. I say, I don't like cricket. Oh, no. I love it. Of course. It's all anyone's been talking about this week. Well, the papers anyway. Uh, Australian's cricket captain Steve Smith was caught out cheating. I have to admit first up that I'm not a fan of cricket, 
this whole thing kind of baffles me. I am one of those people who have posted about all the other things that have not outraged us as Australians Mm. quite so much as this. However, at the start of the week, I heard journalist and cricket fan Francis Leach on the radio, and basically he was saying how crushing it was that he had followed Steve Smith's career and he was really um, he really excited about the way he played cricket and it was just one mistake, he said, that will now define his career, and he was really disappointed. And I thought, if that's how an adult feels... How does it affect our kids when someone they love and admire falls so spectacularly from grace? Um, It doesn't just have to be cricket. It could be any public figure. Um, So I'm wondering, Angie Benny, (laughs) how this has played out in your house or if you've had something similar happen and had to deal with it. Uh, would you like to take this one, or do you want me to start this you can one? Start. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I'm I'm completely in your camp. My immediate thing was like, is this the thing that the whole country is getting upset about? There's probably other things we should probably get more upset about. Um, but yeah, then thinking from the kids' point of view, look, I don't. Nothing's necessarily played out in my house, but I guess what it does do is there's a big push about kids need to learn how to lose, and I guess what we're seeing is that direct indication of winning at all costs. It has really, neg- it can have really negative ramifications. And I guess from that perspective, but it sort of hasn't really been brought up in my house, but um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not as, it's, I'm finding hard to let go <laughs> harder than you. I just go, is this the thing that yes. we're all going to be upset about? Yeah. There's, I also kind of think it's laughable. I sort of feel summer, part of summer, is, you know, barbecues and beaches and just the inevitable ball tampering scandal that seems to just, they all take turns, you know? Is this just our turn? And, you know, and just to demonstrate my lack of connection to the whole thing, all I can think of is I keep looking at the pictures of Steve Smith and he, his face, I'm like, oh, you poor man. Mm. Like, you are so, so crushed by this thing that you've done. And obviously I don't exactly understand Mm. why everyone's so cranky but Angie I also not a cricket fan husband I've chosen the right people my husband really is (laughs) (laughs) we do music no my husband is a drummer but he's very into cricket he just got his SCG membership this year okay let's talk let's use him as our example how's he coping not super well he's obviously very very disappointed and um, because he's so into it, our daughter Clementine, who just turned six in December, is getting into it as well. So she was on a bus a couple of months ago with my sister going down Anzac Parade and there were all the banners up there. And she said to my sister, oh, look, there's Steve Smith, Australia's best batsman. Um, so she's getting into it and looking up to him. And I think she was quite disappointed. Like, you know, the little face drops like, what? They're cheating? Mm. I feel like, guys, you get paid loads of money to play a game. <laughs> How dare you cheat? Like, come on, just yeah. play it's not like the, I would voice think. <laughs> Is that what you were thinking? Yeah. yeah exactly. No, I don't get up there with my pre-recorded track. It's not I'm okay. Get other guitarists to come in and strum those three chords. <laughs> <clears throat> I did find it amazing though that no one in the room just went. Oh, like I don't know. Should we just like give it our best without yeah. cheating? I mean, yeah. I. I, I Part of me is also that whole thing of like, you know, kids looking up to them. I mean, we really put these people on a pretty crazy high pedestal. And and that was a question Craig um, said last night. Who, who Like, they get paid lots of money to play games. They're going to get a little bit 
attitude I guess. Like, who said these people become our, the, mm, our, our heroes? Our heroes, the people we look up to. Um, yeah, I went. I was doing the grocery shopping with the kids, like just when that news came out, and just seeing their faces on all the like the wheat bicks and the everything. You, I kind of was like, "Whoa, you guys have done some damage here, not just to yourselves, but to brands." And they've lost, yeah, and it contracts down. and so much money. That will be the sad face, Siobhan. I know, <laughs> I know, but I, you know, compassion, people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Siobhan Hunt. You're listening to the Parent Panel on Kindling Conversation, where we invite two parents into the studio to get their thoughts on the stories and events of the week. Today, I'm joined by musicians Angie Hu. We play her album Little Folk all the time. And Benny Time, his latest album is called Beyond the Little Star. It was recently our High Five album of the week. Next, The Perils of Public Transport. You're listening to Kindly Conversation. Stand in the place where you live now. No Think about direction, wonder why you have it now. Stand There's nothing the quite like a bit of righteous anger, is there? This is all about my righteous anger because I get really cross when able-bodied people sit in the priority seat on buses and trains and they don't get up for those who are less abled. This happened to me when I was pregnant, but I said all the time with the elderly, people who are carrying shopping bags, people just sit there and even when they're not on their phones, they're not helping or offering up their seat. And this week, writer Clem Basto wrote her wrote about her frustrations in an article for Fairfax. Before I come to our guests, we have a few comments from our audience on this. Carly says... Basically, it didn't happen to her. I'm in my third trimester and had to take a bus with my toddler to pick up my car from the mechanic. At the bus stop, two teenage boys got up for us without any prompting, even getting through a door with a pram. I've had a teenage boy hold it for me. So I have trust that there are still thoughtful people out there. However, Mary Rose says, I was left standing on a full train while two older women loudly conversed about how rude it was that a teenager had not offered me their seat, but neither of the older women offered me their seat. Hypocrites. And Rebecca says, this happened way too often to me in the third trimester too. I was huge, but often the carriage was so full, no one could see my belly. Anyway, I once squeezed into a peak hour carriage only to feel so overwhelmed. I cried in the stairwell. Still, no one offered me their seats, just stared at me like a crazy woman. Angie, did you get this when you were pregnant? I actually didn't. I'm, oh, that's nice. I like yeah, hearing that. I was pleasantly surprised, actually. Even when Clementine was born, getting off buses with a pram, people walking past would often stop and grab my front wheel and help me down so I didn't make a, a fool of myself. <laughs> um, so, no. But also, I don't catch public transport every day. Mm. Um, but no, I... I it didn't happen didn't to you? didn't have any bad experiences. Have you seen this happen or did it happen to your wife at all, Ben? Yeah, it definitely happened to Joe. It was quite funny because I, I find it a little bit when I'm getting on with the prams and the kids. And often you do get people that – it's just that – it's usually if it's quite busy. But I have to say they're usually pretty good, but every now and then you get someone who just pretends um, that you're not there standing <laughs> next to them. But I'm pretty comfortable to – politely while jabbing them to move. <laughs> but my wife was actually saying that she had she never had an issue going into town on the bus. It was always when she finished work and getting on a busy bus coming back home. When she needed it. When she was exactly but yeah. but being in town she said usually 
probably shouldn't use her exact words. <laughs> <laughs> but she said, basically, when work was finished and she used it, it was just when there was a bunch of people in suits, no one would move out of her way, no one would give her a seat. She said, coming home was always the hardest in peak hour. No you know what I started to do because it just gets my goat so badly? <laughs> I started to sit in the priority seats so that if someone came on, I would know there was someone who would get up because it was me. Yeah. Like the like, bus sheriff. I was. I was like, I'm not... I'm not. I mean, I'm definitely not brave enough to tell other people to get up. Mm. But I thought, well, if I sit there and some old deer gets on who's shuffling around, then I'll get up. Yeah, it's, it's problem solved. It, it's. I'm. I'm again with you on this one. I. I it. My blood boils just instantly when yes. you're standing there going, dude. Come on, but um, but I've actually had a few people actually <laughs> yell at the people on the seat and wouldn't <laughs> that wouldn't get up for me. Other people like Larry, get up! And oh, sorry. Um, we can do it in yeah. a passionate way, right? Yeah. Oh, just yell at them. Maybe we could invent a phrase that. Um... Mm. Some countries have invented badges, mm-hmm. so people wear a badge like "I am pregnant, please give me a seat." <laughs> but you have to line up at Social Security for that badge. <laughs> For like two hours because the lines are really bad. So mm. just to get your budge. Yeah, I'm with you. It's pretty irritating. But I have to say it's not as bad as I suspected it was going to be. There are yeah, still okay. plenty of manners on the buses. And I, I've got to say the most heartwarming thing, which is just goes to show my um, judgment, is when teenage boys do it. Yeah. yeah. And I have to say, actually, private school boys are some of the better mannered It's controversial. It is. I mean, it's I, mean, true, I it's controversial. Having said that, I do I do controversial doesn't mean whether it's true or not. No, it's no, but I do live in the eastern suburbs, so there's really only private school boys there anyway. So maybe maybe other teenage boys, apologies. Yeah. Teenage boys listening. I've always had a pram. I've always just had a massive pram and screaming kids anyway. So like to not know I was there was a bit hard. You probably needed the seat as well. You know what I mean? <laughs> Get away from me. You're listening to the Parent Panel on Kindling Conversation. I'm Siobhan Hunt. My guests today are musicians and Angie Hu and Benny Time. In a moment, the perennial question of how to manage the juggle of work and family life. It's a question that we just keep asking with no silver bullet in sight. How does anyone manage the juggle of work and family life well? Danielle Walls and Louise Karecha have just released a book called Working Mums. In it, they interview a range of mothers, everyone from environmental activists to musicians to CEOs, about how they manage working and having a family. At the end of each chapter, the women featured gave a tip on ways they've made it work. And I was just thinking I might bring this to our guests, trying to give in, try to give the audience something practical to walk away from this. this. Yeah, I don't, I don't do well with advice. That's why my kids go to my, my wife. <laughs> They've learned even by the age of two going, Dad, how do I, oh, I'll just check with mum on this one. Do you want to give her a quick call, Benny? <laughs> just what do you, give you how do you do it? I don't, I mean... I, I don't you have, no have hacks. a solution for this one because I can't, I mean. Are there any little things that you do that make yeah, it well, easy? I, I do. I think, I think for me, cause I was reading one of those tips about, you know, finding that time to do the thing that you love. And I, and I guess I felt fell in the trap of trying to find that thing 
that was good for me. And like I did things like I'd buy 10 yoga sessions and then go, oh, eight o'clock Monday night, yoga done. And just by three o'clock that afternoon, you go, I am, <laughs> I am not going to yoga tonight. <laughs> the kids are still running around the house, like burning it down. And you go, I'm not, I'm not, you, yoga's not having cancel. You've been charged. Great. And after three weeks of that, <laughs> it kind of just occurred to me that adding stuff. So then I looked at going, well, what is it that I do? And I think like in my life at work at home, there's a guitar always within arm's reach, always. And I was like, and then I sort of looked and went, actually, you know what? I play a lot more than I think I do. And so now I've started to recognize when I play and then quietly in my brain go, that's a nice thing that you're doing. Do you know mm. what I mean? <laughs> for yourself or for your kids? Yeah. Well, for everyone. It's kind of like it's, because yeah. at work, obviously I use it as a, as a teacher, then at home it usually ends up with the kids. But I think I sh- what I did was just shift it from looking at what I should try to do that would be good for me and then go, oh, there's this stuff I do because intrinsically I can't not do it. Yes. But I've been doing that for so long, I've never stopped and looked and gone, actually, that really means a lot to me and I'm able mm. to do that. And it might only be five, ten minutes here and there. Um, in terms of the other stuff, yoga, bushwalking, an hour meditation, <laughs> no. <laughs> It's not happening in my world. Oh, what do you? Uh, what about other things? Do you pack lunches the night before? Yeah, I mean that's yeah, that's absolutely. I mean lunches the night before or <laughs> the day of. It just sort of depends on how <laughs> running out the out. door. Yeah, but but I kind of. I mean, I, I think like anything, it's just you get into your rhythm. And I think I I do actually think like children, adults need routine. And I think. You know, we, we've tried to fight routine quite a lot. And I've had to really, now that particularly Frankie started big school, um, I've had to really just rely on that routine more and actually go, well, that's, you can kind of mindlessly move your way through routine. And then when the routine's done, it's like, oh, this is actually, even though it's it might working. be half an hour, stuff's done. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, Joe is much better at it. I think, than me, just because I'm naturally a bit, you know, there's a lot more bees running around in my head, I think, whereas hers is a bit, I don't know, I think there's just a queen bee making great honey, whereas mine's just mindless workers. What a metaphor. Smash. This is amazing. This is, what, this is good news uh, and music, yeah. right? <clears throat> poetry. Yeah, exactly. About work-life balance. Keep an eye out for no Benny's coffee table down. book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Life is a hive. And you, how about you? <laughs> Sorry. Life is a hive, still recovering. Um, Look, I try to go easy on myself. I think we're in a difficult stage of life right now with little people and working and people doing university and having their side hustle here and that. My motto is across everything on top of nothing because I don't (laughs) think you can do it all well. I think you do this bit well one day and that bit well another day. Um, Practically, the only things I like to try and get up at 630 in the morning, so I have half an hour before the children come oh, out. Oh, do you sleep in until 6.30? Is that what that, you just yes, told me? Yes, I'm with 6:30 you. 6.30 is when you wake up? I gotta then, go. Wait, wait, wait. If you tell me, is, you don't tell me it's an alarm. You don't set an alarm. My kids have a grow clock in their room and they're not allowed to come out until 7 o'clock. Oh and my going, God, what have we done wrong, Benny? <laughs> Get a grow clock, guys. When you said that, I was like, <laughs> I get up at yeah. six and my kids are yeah. still awake before me. Yeah. Ignore everything I just said. Sometimes, get a grow clock. Sometimes <laughs> they're awake, but they don't come out. So I know. Angie, you I've are a wizard. On. I'm not. It's the grow clock. Like- no, you're a wizard for thinking <laughs> of the grow clock. Do they burn stuff? 
No, I don't give them matches. I don't <laughs> Neither leave do I. <laughs> They've learned how to do it with sticks and they get batteries out of their toys so and hook it up with aluminium foil. <laughs> They're geniuses. You should nurture that. Uh, oh, that's yeah. brilliant. Okay, I'm going to take that one. Up next, our final topic for today, how do you manage excessive consumption of chocolate over Easter? You're listening to Kindly Conversation. Run, rabbit, run, rabbit, run, run, run. Run, rabbit, run, rabbit, run, run, run. When I was growing up, which was not at the same time that song was produced, by the way, we got a chocolate Easter egg at the end of our bed, which was from the Easter Bunny. That's all. And we were hugely excited about that one, one chocolate Easter egg. And these days there are Easter egg hunts where kids get baskets full of eggs. Uh, already my kids had an Easter egg hunt last weekend with my mother's group. They're going to have another one on Sunday. And already I'm like, how am I going to deal with all this chocolate? Just wondering what you guys do in your houses at Easter, whether you have an Easter egg hunt and if so, how do you manage the chocolate intake? Angie? We do, but still relatively new because they've only been around a few years, these children. Um, We ration them. So last year, I remember uh, a nice old man from church gave both of the kids a big rabbit and we would say, okay, tonight you can eat the ears. Tonight you can eat to the neck. And they would. And then some of the other just... ones would just disappear during the night. Angie, have you thought about writing a book? <laughs> How to parent? <laughs> Stuff I thought everyone knew. You should call it. <laughs> you, guys, you guys don't ration. <laughs> we write and we try. Yeah. They just don't listen. You say just yeah. the ears and then my son comes with his face covered in chocolate because yeah. he's tried to shove the whole oh, thing in. just mashed and made bigger ears. <laughs> yeah, that's together. right. These, these are the ears. Where's the body? No, no, these the are the ears. every single bunny in there. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't know. That was yeah. last year. This year may be different, guys. Yeah. Well, what about you, Benny? Um, do you have an Easter egg hunt? We do have an Easter egg hunt and obviously there's heaps of them as you as you pointed out, there's never just one. Um, I let them have one each time they do a thing. And then at the end of the weekend, I get all of them, melt them down and just make a big bust of me. Because <laughs> I figure they don't want to touch. the only time they're ever going to pay attention to me is if I was entirely made of chocolate. <laughs> and then I just have like a recording that says, brush your teeth, clean your room and stuff like that. No, look, but this I'm sorry to say this, my kids just aren't chocolate kids. <gasps> They can have a basket with 150, 200 eggs in there and it eventually will just taper out from Joe and I eating them. I was going to say. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, they get eaten. <laughs> but uh, yeah, not they'll, wasted. They'll have one or two. My, the two-year-old will have half of one of those little eggs and then start and hand it back and Great. won't have it. Wow. Mm. Yeah, that's... No, neither of those things yep. helped me. Yeah. <laughs> I had nothing thanks, to do with but that, no thanks. <laughs> no eggs? <laughs> no. Well, it's too late for Boiled that. Boiled eggs. I got, <laughs> I got a bit carried away this year because I thought I did this um, article about getting presents that were ethical that didn't have a much of a footprint on the earth. And there were these bunnies I found at Oxfam that are the cutest things in, in carrots. And I was like, I am going to get these for my kids. They'll be expensive. I'm going to get them. And then... I had to go to Target, walked in, found a ceramic bunny with ears with eggs inside, and I went, oh, that is so cute. 
I have to get that. How can I not? How can I? And I didn't have much time. And so I now have two massive ceramic friggin' bunny bowls that are going to go into their room and create a mess, not help anyone. At least they're not plastic. But I do think one thing. How does ceramic degrade? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Exactly. Um, I do think they're like. It's changed. We don't do one at home anymore. I don't give the kids any eggs at home. Joe's the only one that really gets an egg because they just, they just. Wait, sorry. What? You give your wife a chocolate Easter egg? Yeah. And I've also been told that you have to give her one like the. What? What what do you Do you get one? (laughs) The parent panel opening Siobhan's mind (laughs) to how other families work and things that she doesn't get. (laughs) Oh, Benny. What kind of Easter egg do you get your wife? Uh, oh, it's usually one. from like the, yes, yeah, super yeah, expensive, like that. You know those ones with like, like, uh, chocolate Labradors inside? It's one of those. <laughs> we got like 10 of them at no, home. No, stop it. Do you buy no, no, her No, I do get her an egg, but it's not like usually, I mean, I'm not. Is it haze? Do you get her no, haze? No, no, it's eggs? usually like whatever's in the news agency on the way home, but it is one. Oh. But the thing is, I don't buy the kids one because they, they walk out their front door. Like, I don't care about your kids. I'm stuck on your wife getting an egg at Easter. <laughs> you know what? She's listening to this going, uh, what? <laughs> I don't even give it up. You know all the stuff you did before. Yeah. You know all the stuff you did before kids turned up. So now I'm thinking about going. Has she had one in the last six years? Oh, she has. All right. Well, I'm just going to write a list and um, <clears throat> take it home to my family. Angie, Benny, thank you so much for coming thank you. in. Thank you. Happy Easter. You've been listening to the Parent Panel a Kindling Kids radio podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review and share it with your friends. The Parent Panel. New episodes every Friday. Hey there. Do you love Kindling Conversation? Make your voice heard and vote for it at the Australian Podcast Awards. Head to kindling.com.au slash vote. But do it soon, because voting closes April 1st. (laughs) 